0: We are blessed, are we not? have a worship team that loves the Lord. They're not in it for the show. They are in it to help us all worship Him. And so today we talk about meaningful worship. Uh, Perhaps you are familiar with a guy named Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein was a famous composer and conductor and was once asked, what is the hardest instrument to play in the orchestra? And he said, without hesitating immediately, second violin everybody wants to be first violin but it's hard to find someone who will play second fiddle with passion and as we come to worship the Lord and and think about walking with the Lord remember we're walking with him he's not walking with us we're trying as we worship him to get in sync with his plan and his will and not him get in sync with us we're not setting the agenda we're attempting to follow His agenda and His plan and His purpose. And that's what we're looking at in this series in the month of January, One Purpose, and we're focused on our strategy as a church, Oikos strategy, which is basically God has called us to reach the people that He's put in our sphere of influence, in our household, those 8 to 15 people that He has supernaturally and strategically placed in your relational world and our job as a church it's reframed all of how we do church our job is to prepare you to fulfill your mission and success for us as a church is is sending people out it's not gathering a whole group we want this place to be full but we want this place to be full of people who are are willing to go to their workplace, to go to their neighborhood, to go to their families. It's not a matter of how many gather, it's a matter of how many scatter. All over this world, planting the seeds of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, and Jesus alone, changes people's lives. It's not me, the pastor, not the worship leader. Brad doesn't even like that term, worship leader. We talked about this, this this week. It's about our great high priest who is in charge of the house of God. Sometimes we lose focus of that. And our job as, a, as, as people who are on this platform is to remind us of our mission, to remind us of our purpose, to equip and, and to uh, prepare you. And so here's the question of the day i'm going to ask again before it's all over with how are you preparing to reach the people in your request the people who aren't here when you come to this place do you come with this attitude of what's in it for me or do you come with this attitude of how am i going to get ready remember last week we looked at, at peter and cornelius peter was ready for his moment when god had prepared cornelius it was it was like a slow pitch softball for peter he, Peter, Cornelius was sitting there waiting to hear the gospel message. God's doing that in people's lives, I'm convinced. And the question is will God's people, you and I, be ready for that grandchild's questions? Be ready for that neighbor's unexpected vision or visit? Be ready for that, that co worker's questions? Will we be ready? Peter himself wrote in 1 Peter 3.15, always be ready or be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. That's what we're, we're covering. Even today as we talk about meaningful worship, we're preparing ourselves to understand worship better so that we can help someone else encounter worship. And the whole book of Hebrews that... Ricky read from earlier, is all about worshiping the Lord as a, as a greater, he's a greater sacrifice, he's greater, Jesus Christ is greater than Moses, he's, a, he's the great high priest, and if you, you walk through the book of Hebrews, you see that, and we get this call in Hebrews 10, beginning with verse 19 that Ricky read earlier, I, I'd encourage you to look at it in your Bibles, or the pew Bible in front of you, it's on page 1015, that it's a call to persevere in that. And so really, it's, for us, it, as, a, as a strategy, it's a call to continue to be about what God wants us to be about and to continue to meet together and encourage one another and spur one another on and stimulate one another and all the, the things that we looked at. Because we, sometimes people would say, You know, I love Jesus, but I'm not so crazy about the church. I wonder why they say that. Do they say that because of you and me? Or are they just looking for an excuse? I bet there's all sorts of of reasons for that. But if you were to say to me, Kyle, I like you. I want to have a relationship with you, but I cannot stand that Jennifer. I would say you don't really know Jennifer, because if you knew her, you'd rather be friends with her than with me. But she's my bride. You can't be friends with me without being friends with her. And the same goes with Jesus. The bride is the church. The reason we come to this place is so that we can encourage one another that and we, You can't really have God as your father if you don't have the church as your mother. They, they go together. This whole idea is not my idea. It's not your idea. It's Jesus' idea. He says, upon this rock, the profession of faith that Peter makes, that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church. And that's what Jesus is doing, and he's doing it through you and through me. And worship. It's such an integral part of that. What we're, what we're looking for as a, as a church and, and what we'll provide, I hope, as a church is, is key. So we we got to know these things. So I want you to see first and foremost what, what we're looking for in members, okay? This is not anything new. I just want you to, to remind you of this. We're looking for five-star members. Look at those five stars for just a moment. We're looking for people who are intentional about the Cause They want to make a difference. They want to change the world. God's not asked us to change the world, there's a, he's asked us to change our world, your world. He's given us people in our, your world. If, if we were passed with the 7.7 billion, sharing our faith with the 7.7 billion people on this planet, no way that could happen. But if we are to be more effective witnesses of, of faith, more uh, growing in our example of, of how to depend on God, to those 8 to 15 people that are already looking to us, already relating to us, we can do that. Grandma, you can have an impact on your grandkids. Grandpa, husband, wife, child, parent, whatever it is. You know. You already have. And so we're preparing people to to be effective witnesses in their orcides. Okay? That's what we're looking for. You want to be a part of that, to to have impact on you. Because that's why we do this card. It's not just a, a rote kind of religious sort of thing. It's a reminder. Every week, pull out that card. We're going to pray. That's what we want to do. We want to we lift those people up because that's what we want to be about. Reaching people. Because God has reached us through people. And you know what Jesus has done for you. And how as at the beginning of that section, how he's opened up access to the most holy place for you and me. We can connect to God again. Do you realize what that passage is talking about? It's talking about that high priest who could go in and have a relationship with God after he had sprinkled the holy seat, the, the Ark of the Covenant with the blood of the goats and the, and the bulls and all of that for himself. And after they had tied a a little rope around him so that if he died in the Holy of Holies, nobody could go in there and get him. They could pull him out. Isn't that that weird to think about? They put a little bell on him to make sure he was still alive in there. He'd move around. They could hear him. That's what they were doing. I mean, this place was holy. One guy, once a year, had access to God. That's not what God wanted. That wasn't God's plan. He wants all of us to have a connection to Him, a relationship with Him. And so He sent Jesus to tear down what hindered our relationship with God. He sent Jesus to cover our sin, and now that gate, that curtain, has been opened wide. That that veil has been torn. Remember what happened when Jesus was crucified? The curtain was torn from top to bottom because God wanted to show us you can come in. You can be a part of the family of God. You can have access to me. You can come to my throne anytime, day or night, 24-7. Come on! The most holy place is open to you because of Jesus and what he's done for us through his blood. And we're looking for people who would. Share that with people and experience that themselves. and Pray for those folks. We're looking for people who will be a part of this worship service every week that will prepare, not just impact your oikos, but, but be ready for that moment. We're looking for people who will be a part of a small group that you are, you're gathering so that you're growing in that together. Now, that's, I know there are a lot of people in this worship service who, for whatever reason, aren't involved in a life group. In the time maybe to take another step If you're not involved in a life group because of people or whatever, because you think they're hard to get along with, you're probably the one that's really hard to get along with. Let me just be frank with with you about that. And if you want the pastor to teach a life group that you can gather around, we'll do whatever it takes. But people, we grow in our relationship with Jesus through our relationship with other people. That's his design, not mine. So I'd encourage you this new year, if you don't, if you can't find a life group, would you have the boldness? Here, here's a challenge. Here's a dare. Would you have the boldness to come and say, "Hey, I haven't found a life group. Will you help me?" Would you go to that? Go to Brad, or go to Ricky, or go to me, and just say, "Hey, I, I want to connect. I want to grow. I want to know more." We've got a lot of great life groups already. We can connect you to those. But we may need to start some new ones. I want to. We're looking for people who will participate. Not just come and sit and soak, but participate in the family of God and be ready. We're looking for people who will serve on a regular basis. You think about what your ministry is right now. So we got lots of deacons that serve in lots of different areas. we got lots of other people that serve in lots of different areas. we got a lot of people who serve quietly behind the scenes. I just want to share one with you right now. He's, he's up there in the, on the sound booth right now. His name is Brian Clemens. I love that guy. He is so encouraging to me. He's always saying, i got your stuff ready, boss. I want to say, who's boss? Sir? I'm not your boss. You know, I, I, we're ready. And, and on Wednesday nights, he'll serve in the line. And he just smiles and enjoys it doing what he's doing. He just serves selflessly. We got a ton of people like that. I just wanted you to know about Brian because nobody ever seen Brian. Everybody look up at Brian right there. He's on the sound right there. Brian, stand up. I want everybody to see you for just a moment. Yeah, let's give him a yeah. We appreciate that. It, is my mic Is my mic on? Wrong. Oh, okay. All right. We looking for people who will serve the Lord by serving his people. And then finally, we're looking at people who give financial support because it, it's for their health. It's for your health and my health and not, not just for funding the church or keeping the lights on or paying the preacher. I want to tell you, you guys spoil us as a staff. We are well taken care of. I, I don't think you probably know this. You know, y'all, y'all gather that love offering at Christmas for us every year. This year, y'all... Y'all gathered sixteen thousand dollars to distribute among the staff. Thank you, sixteen thousand. In addition to that, between Lottie Moon and what we gave to the the last week, we raised sixteen thousand dollars there as well. Sixteen thousand five hundred dollars. So it's not just the staff you're taking care of. There are people who give. And, and, and in addition to that, there's like hundred thousand dollars in the month of January. They can, You believe in what God is doing around this place and you put your money where your mouth is because you know, you know that that's a sign of where your priorities are. Thank you. Thank the Lord that he has blessed us to be able to give that way. Wow. That amazes me. That amazes me that God's people would help people in need, would help further the kingdom we we'll do exactly what God has called us to do. That's not, that's not bonus points. That's just regular life, isn't it? Thank you for being faithful for what God, with what God has given you. Okay, so we're not gotten quite to the sermon yet. Here's what you can expect. Here's what you can expect from us. We're looking at, we're looking at five-star leaders, the staff, the church, the, the leadership of this church. The next thing is this. We're going to give you a reason to come to church. Whether it's a a good story you can share with your buddies at work, a good positive, positive everybody needs positive jokes they can tell, Or, uh, but mostly it's, it's about the fellowship of the believers. It's about gathering together and being encouraged by one another. I, I've heard some great stories, but I've seen some great smiles and have great experiences with people in the, in the foyer before I've ever gotten into the church, and we gather together at breakfast and, and just laugh and encourage and love one another, so we we're looking at a good reason to come to church, but we're looking at meaningful worship. We come to this place, and, and we're seeing just a moment. It's not just the music. But I know a good, faithful deacon who prays every time that, they, that people in this place would experience love. Because lots of times we don't experience love throughout the week. The world beats us down. And we come together for encouragement. And you're part of that. When you smile, when you pat somebody on the back, when you care about their sick loved ones or their, their, their health, you are being part of the family of God, and that's meaningful relationships that we have. Folks, you've been here longer than I have, but you know You know full well what you've gone through and how you couldn't go through it without the love of other believers in this place. And the more involved you get in this place, and the more involved you get in small groups, and the more involved you're, the more often you're here in worship, the, the more you'll experience that life together. You think, well, nobody calls on me because sometimes we don't know you, or we don't know what's going on, or we're not connected to you, or you're not connected to everybody else. So I would encourage you because we we're going to provide those meaningful opportunities and meaningful relationship meaningful service roles we 're not just uh, plugging people into slots we're trying to help people become all that God had created them to be and uh, the the final thing has to do with finances is we can be open and accountable to everybody every every time we have a, a business meeting next Sunday right after the Sunday worship and we'll let you know what's going on where you can come into the office anytime Sandy can pull up where we have given what to what and she'd be glad to share that with you we'll share that with you but we have a, uh, a, an adult leadership committee, an administrative leadership committee we call it ADLC that looks over those finances every, every month make sure we're accountable and we're transparent about where all that money's going that God is blessing us that's what we, you can expect of us. And we're, but here's, here's what I want to say. It's not, it's not us and you. It's not staff and, and people. It's not clergy and laity. It's us. We're partners together. We want you to be proud of this church and the staff. But more than that, we want, you to, we want you to know that we're moving toward the Lord and His plan and His purpose. This is not about First Baptist Church Denver City. It's about proclaiming the name of Jesus. So let's look at what? Some myths about worship for just a moment from, from this text or maybe some other things that, that we've gathered together. First thing I want you to see on the back of your, your bulletin. Now yeah, we're, we're getting into the sermon. I know you get a little nervous about it, where we're we going here. But here we are. Myths about worship. First of all, worship is all about the music. That's a myth. We've already kind of covered some of that. But here's what I want you to see. Worship is what you value. What you treasure in your heart. And what preoccupies your mind and your thought. It's being preoccupied with something. Or more importantly, when we're worshiping the Lord and we're giving ourselves to Him, we are being preoccupied with someone. So you think about this for just a moment, will you? What have you been thinking about lately? What have you been focusing on? Parents, sometimes I know you get really nervous about your children and where they're headed and what they're doing. We, we go through that too. Our, we've sent our children back to, to college. That's a, that's a glorious thing to think about. It's also a nervous thing. How are they going to turn out? Who are they going to be influenced by? How are they going to spend their time? Who's going to protect them? And, and we think about those kind of things. Spouses, we think about what the other spouse is doing, or how to take care of them, or, or we think about our job, and we think about making money, or buying stuff, or making enough stuff to buy, or making enough money to buy the stuff we want to buy, or, or everything that we think we can, think about addiction. How do we overcome it, or our health, or. What preoccupies your mind? That's what you worship. Is it Jesus and his plans and His purpose, and His kingdom? And how you can bring him glory? Because you see, nobody wants to be second fiddle, and that includes us in our own lives. We want to be known or or the star or at least have our own way. We're reminded that if it was a band, he's the the lead singer. We're the backup. He's the lead guitar, and and we're the, the rhythm. We're second fiddle. And there's no shame in playing second fiddle to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we want to occupy our thoughts and our minds with Him, because you know one day we're going to stand before Him. That was one of the messages of, of Peter's message was that we're going to stand before Him as judge of all the living and the dead, and we're going to know we're forgiven as His people, but we also want to want to stand before Him knowing that we gave all we could for His purposes and His kingdom and to expand. His glory. We don't want to just sneak in. We want to experience that well done, good and faithful servant. And so that's why we do what we do. The worship is not just about the music, but it's about the giving and the loving and the caring. And the second thing is, is this. Worship is, a, it, it, we, we can't just do it any way we, we think we should. I'm free to worship God however I want. That's a myth. He set forth some things in 1 Timothy Timothy 2. He talks about how we're to pray and pray for other people and intercede. And so that's part of our service as we do that oikos every week as we did today, to pray for our leaders so that we have an atmosphere of peace so that all men will come to know him, all men that would be saved because that's his desire. And that's what he wants more than anything else. In 1 Timothy 2, we see some very set guidelines. We don't do it however we want to. Now, here's what I want you to hear in that. We have all sorts of freedom in this place to worship the way uh, we want to worship. Some of us like like to raise our hands. I've never been all that much of a hand raiser because I always wonder, are there stains under there? You know? Or some of us do this. You know, we, 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 we want to raise our hand, but we don't want to get too carried away, so we carry the TV, you know, usually... You know, you got that big old old, old TV. Yeah. We, here we are. We, we can do that. And in fact, in 1 Timothy 2, it talks about men raising holy hands to the Lord. Every place you, you worship, there should be men who've raised holy hands to the Lord. But that's not a, a prescription. Hear, the, hear me at this point. That's a freedom. And all of what we want to do, as, as Hebrews tells us, we want to do it with sincere heart. I love to watch Casey Diaz worship because I know Casey Diaz's personality a little bit and her heart. She, that's not show. She's not trying to put on a performance for anybody. That's just who she is. And I love that, that we have that freedom in this place to worship that way. I also love to watch my wife worship who doesn't do the, those kind of things because her personality is different. She doesn't raise her hands, but I know she's worshiping. Because I know her. And as we get to know people, we come to understand that. There is freedom, but that doesn't mean we do it anyway. We want to do it. And what I'm saying is, is this is a corporate thing that we do together. And that's number three. Here's here's the, the myth. Solo worship is the same as corporate worship. We can worship by ourselves alone the same as we can Together. Now, will you hear me at this point? Believe it or not, I've worshipped on the golf course a time or two. I- I've worshipped on a lake. I've worshipped in the mountains. I- I've seen the grandeur of God's creation at, beside the ocean. And I've worshipped. And you have to. You can worship in a deer stand. You can worship wherever you feel comfortable and you see you worship at home. But there is a difference between that individual worship and what we do here together. How we corporately worship. And the difference is this, you cannot do the one another's solo. You need another. Do you hear me? You can't do all the one another's the scripture Calls for if you're not with one another, there are two basic things that it says in the passage Ricky read earlier that we are to motivate one another toward love and good deeds, and that we are to um, encourage one another. But throughout the New Testament, throughout all the Scripture, there's all these one another's that we to together corporately. We pray for one another. We bear one another's burdens. Or we. Um, I don't know any number of things with one another primary thing is we things we do we forgive one another you can't do that without another and we love we love one another so we need each other that's why we make a commitment to come to this place weekly now I know there are reasons you're sick or your kids sick or sometimes out of town, we travel a lot in this congregation and in our world anymore, and you're not here. But if you're here in town, please come and be a part of the one another's and come corporately to worship the Lord because we need you. Not to fill the pews, not to fill the seats, but to do the one another's, to stimulate, to stir up. And here's how the NIV says that motivation to spur one another on toward loving and good deed. Anybody ever ride a horse? When I was a kid, my my granddad wrote, My granddad raised quarter horses in Summerfield, Texas, and and so he had all these horses everywhere. And When we were kids, we would ride those horses, and when I was about 10, I got thrown off of a horse, and I was scared of a horse ever since. Actually, I didn't get thrown off. I jumped off because that horse was running so fast, I didn't know where it was going, and I was scared of where it was going, so I jumped, and... And it took a long time for me to get back up on that horse. My granddad made me get up on that horse the next, or that very afternoon, but I was scared. But I know what it's like to spur a horse on. Because the reason my horse took off is another horse spurred him on with a little kick to the right place, you know? And that's what spurs do. You dig into the the right place of the horse, and they get a little motivated to go on and move. And sometimes we come to this place, and we just kind of, Let's just say it. We get lazy. We get a little lackadaisical. And yet when we come to this place and we, we take on that attitude of motiv- motivating one another, we know if we motivate somebody else, that motivates us as well. We've got to do what we're asking somebody else to do. And so together we are better. And we spur one another on. We, we give each other a swift kick in the pants sometimes. Just get going. We need that. You need that from me. I need that from you. We spur one another on. We need one another. Then we encourage one another. I hope you felt that. I do in this place. I feel encouragement from you. I hope you feel it from one another. You know what that means, to encourage one another. It means to bring courage to one another. There's so much to be afraid of in our world. You know, if I wasn't a Christian, I'd be terrified of, killing a general from Iran, wouldn't you? To think about all the things that are going on in our world. But I know, I know God's in control of that. I can't do anything about that. But I know somebody that's working that. It isn't in charge. And and I'm so glad that I can call the promises of Jesus that in this world we will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And we come together and we bring each other that kind of courage. As I see you living out your faith and you see me living out my faith, then we encourage one another because let's face it, this world is so broken. And the, and the health situations that are going on, who, who better to help someone who's gone through cancer than someone who's gone through cancer among us? Who better to help someone who's gone through divorce than someone who's gone through divorce? And we encourage, you can make it, you can get through all of this. You know that you can rely on, on the Lord. Because there's a day coming. And that's what, in some of your Bibles, the, the end of verse, verse 25 says, we, we encourage one another all the more as we see the day coming approaching the day of Jesus' return. It's going to happen. Now, they thought it was going to happen way back when, 2,000 years ago, and it hadn't happened yet. But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen because remember, a day is as 1,000 years and a 1,000 years as a day to the Lord. It might just happen day after tomorrow. We don't know. But until that day comes, we spur one another on and we encourage one another. You get too much encouragement? Can you ever get too much encouragement? I mean, when you walk in a room and people start... <coughs> clapping for you or you just saying no I don't I've had too much this week I don't want any more we need one another we need to be one another's biggest fan because we have one that we follow who gave his life for us for one another And in order to be his follower, the things that are important to him must be the same things that are important to us. Could you imagine saying, I want to be like uh, Rachel Ray and never getting in the kitchen? I want to be like LeBron James and never wanting to play basketball? Or I want to be like, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers? And never, oh, I heard a boo. Uh, We have a lot of Aaron Rodgers fans in here. Please don't, no, I'm just... Encourage one another, please <laughs> But the point is, if we're going to follow Jesus, then the thing that matters to him, people, come in and write in right relationship with God, the Father, got to matter to us. It starts here, but it certainly doesn't stop here. We scatter just a few moments, all over this place. And the way we worship the Lord is through acts of praise in this place, but also through acts of love, generosity, meeting needs, both in this place and outside this place. That's how we worship. Who will you worship with? Who will you extend the goodness of God with? The good news of God too. Could you imagine? I know you have celebrated some things just recently. Thanksgiving and, and, and Christmas, maybe a graduation like we have, or birthday, or things like that. Could you imagine saying, oh, man, that's great. Now... Here's what I want you to do. Just here, just go and celebrate by yourself. Just go and here's a gift card. <laughs> you can't do that, can you? We need people to celebrate with. And you want to celebrate with your brothers and sisters in Christ and your immediate family, but you also want to help populate heaven. So that one day when we all celebrate and we're all made perfect, it's a glorious and grand thing. And we're bringing glory to God all the time. We're practicing here on earth to do that through worship. In just a moment, the worship team is going to come up and help lead us in that. But it's not their duty to lead us to worship. Because worship is a matter of having our hearts sprinkled, cleansed having our bodies cleansed. The inside, that that whole phrase is dealing in the Hebrews there, dealing with being ready inside and out to do what God wants us to do and calls us to do. So you consider right now as we pray, who's your one? And have you ever experienced God in such a way that it's personal, that you have access to the Father? If you haven't, today can be the day. You admit there's a barrier that you're seeing and that Jesus covered your sin. You believe that, and you choose today to worship Him with your life. Follow Him, believer and unbeliever. Let's do it. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for the time we have in Your Word preparing us. Father, we thank You for the call to persevere, And we thank you, Lord. That things change as we submit ourselves to you and surrender ourselves to you. And Lord, as we sing this song, I Surrender All, may that be the case. For believers in this place to surrender their their busyness and their agendas and their preoccupation with other things besides your things. May they surrender all. And Father, for the people in this place who've never come into that relationship with you, and we know there are people in here who are lost, may today be the day where they say yes to you and surrender their hearts, their desires, their lives to you and say, I can't do this on my own. I need the one who created me and his power Save my soul. Would today be the day they admit they need you and believe that you prepared a way for them through Jesus? And they choose. They choose to follow you. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand? Rick, you'll be here. I'll be here you have business to do with the Lord, would you do it? Would you do it now as we sing I Surrender All?